0: GM, let's go. And make it 14 as he gets Anderson looking. Jacob DeGrom ties his career high with 14 strikeouts. And welcome back for another episode of The Amazing City. As always, we have our hosts, myself, Antonio Slater, and Jack Ramsey, who just came back from seeing, I mean, Jacob deGrom, just do Jacob deGrom things. You saw Mosa lineup. You saw Francisco Alvarez. You saw Brett Beatty. I'm jealous of you, you lucky bastard. Uh, But hey, again, another episode. Make sure to... Follow the podcast on Twitter at the Amazing City. Follow me at Antonio Slater. Follow Jack at Jack W Ramsey. Uh, You can you can listen to us pretty much forever. What's that?
1: Subscribe
0: subscribe to the YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube. I was I was about to lead into that, and of course, we have a YouTube channel now. I would definitely subscribe to that. I don't know how many of you are as of right now, but trust me, me. Trust me, I would definitely get on that and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, It's going to be a fun season, and we we have a lot of ideas, a lot of plans going forward. So definitely definitely follow us on all the socials. But enough of that for right now. We have some very serious baseball stuff to talk about. A lot has happened specifically in the National League East because no one can just let the Mets have good things. Um, Leading off with the Mets, they did make a trade. The day after we recorded, of course, because why not? They traded for starting pitcher Chris Bassett, who, I mean, that guy's a monster. I think he's one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball. And by most accounts, everyone thinks he's pretty damn good. Uh, He's going to fill out the rotation. He probably slides into number three spot. So a rotation of DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Tywin Walker, and Carlos Carrasco has to be. I mean, it has to be one of the best in baseball one through five.
1: Yeah. There's really no, I don't, I can't really think of another one up off the top of my head. I mean, I think it's just such a great one through five and you also have, but there's not many question marks there, right? I mean, sure you have guys coming off injury and coming off surgery, but we heard Carrasco say usually this, this time of spring, he's sitting high eighties, low nineties with his fastball. He was sitting 92 in some of his first bullpen sessions, the Grom looked great. Scherzer's doing his thing. He's ramping up. He looked great, and he looked great in Jupiter. I mean, there's really no real cause for concern with any of them. And I made the point I think earlier in the week, or it might have been over the weekend. You know, Taiwan Walker last year until the inning started to catch up with him was pitching the best baseball of his career.
0: Oh my God! So, it's and by so far you have the you best baseball. In
1: the, right, and then you factor in now the addition of Chris Bassett on top of some pretty solid depth they have in Peterson and McGill I mean I think you look at a lot of contending teams Peterson and or McGill more specifically than David Peterson Tyler McGill was penciled into a lot of those rotations as a 4 or a 5. Oh yeah. And the Mets the Mets have a luxury where he's penciled in as their 6 right now or their 7 depending on how you look at him and Peterson.
0: Yeah, and it's a it's a good problem to have. Excuse me. And we can't have Forget about the other guys that we have uh, as depth. We still have Yamamoto, uh, Lucchese, who's going to come back from Tommy John at some point. There's some good arms at the top levels of the minor leagues and fighting for potentially a bullpen spot to be the first guy out of the pen with Gazelman gone. I think he's on Chicago, right? Yeah, he's a cup. Yeah, so he's reunited with his pal Strowman. Uh, but yeah, like in terms of the Mets arms, I feel a lot better than I did at this point last year or a couple of years ago. The only problem I have with the, the Mets really roster wise in, in general is the bullpen is slightly concerning to me. You have a very good top end of the bullpen with Diaz Lugo and may, but after that, I'm sorry. I have some questions. There are some question marks there. We don't know how, Solid Adam Ottavino is going to be. So there are going to be times where he will be lights out and no one's going to touch him for a week. And then there are going to be times where he's going to get shelled and shelled and shelled. Adam Adam Ottavino has been very consistent the last couple of years. Um, sometimes the fastball life's not there, the slider's not breaking. He's not doesn't find the strike zone. He's not good against lefties. So, and I'm sorry, having chasing Shreve be your top lefty out of the bullpen, that's a problem especially when you see Chafin and Deekman and signed for, what was it, two years and like 8 or $10 million? How, you, how are you not in on that? Well, I made the point a couple of days ago
1: that the, it's a very messed thing to do. They don't usually give big contracts or even multiple years. Forget big contracts. They don't usually give multiple years to lefties. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the last left-handed reliever they gave a multi-year deal to. That wasn't one that was already in-house. Right, I've been more than comfortable, and again, I obviously different regimes and whatnot, but in the infrastructure of the Mets front office right now, there's a lot of carryovers from previous years, so you, you know you have to understand some of the practices are going to be the same. You know they went into 2015 trading for Blevins at the end of the camp, uh, got Alex Torres, Sean Gilmartin was a rule five pick so they've done this before,
0: right, no, they did absolutely. It
1: with three, two years ago, yeah Luis Savilon they did it last year with loop loop was coming off a good year but if you told anyone in baseball that loop would have a what was it a
0: sub two era (laughs) loop he had a sub one i think he had a 0.96 or something like that
1: right if you told anyone in baseball he was going to have that most wouldn't believe you the most that would believe you would be people in the mets front office right so i just i don't think it's all that surprising
0: no. Yeah. And, and I guess you're right, but it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just frustrating because this is a team that's trying to compete. You have your owner openly say after the lockout, that we'll probably have a payroll over $300 million. And it's just, to me, it's slightly concerning when you're, when you're hearing those things. And again, the bullpen is in the shape that it's in. I but still see, think see, they're here's in a, my thing. Yeah.
1: Use my thing. If you go over that tax now, that hampers your ability to add at the divine. Fair. So I'm okay with them not being over now. If that's it, under the pretense that they will go over at the deadline. If come July 31st or August 31st, whenever they changed it to, mm-hmm. if you don't have the money to be able to add the way you want to, it doesn't mean a damn what you did in January and February because you can't get better. You're hampering your ability to get better. And That's I fair. think, if anything, the bull—I don't think the bullpen's too terrible.
0: No, no, no. I'm not saying no, it's I, bad. I, I, th-
1: I think you have a solid back end. Absolutely. I think, especially if Lugo is back to the player he was before his procedure,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think you have a strong bullpen. we know Diaz can close games. Yeah. He just has the hiccups every now and then. Like, but if you're not, you know, the dominant closer in baseball, if you're not Liam Hendricks you know, you're going to have those moments.
0: Right. Right.
1: I'm I'm, I'm sorry he's not Mariano Rivera, (laughs) but Aroldis Chapman might be a top three closer of this generation. And he was trash last year. And he was awful last year. Yeah. It's going to happen. Even the best of the best are still super volatile. I I think everyone will agree. May and Castro are good. As you said before, Ottavino is solid and he's consistent. If Drew Smith can give you 60 innings. Doof. That'll be good. And you know what? The last two spots are traditionally always a crapshoot, even on the best teams.
0: Yeah, that's why I think it's going to probably be some sort of culmination of those guys that didn't make the rotation. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see David Peterson and Tyler McGill have very important innings being the first or second guy out of the bullpen. Right, and I
1: think especially in April, where you're now with 28-man rosters, Hmm. you know, the Mets could, in theory, give those two extra roster spots to relievers
0: right because there's not a whole lot of positional depth that are that close to the major leagues so is it going to be are you going to get an extra bat or are you going to have the extra arms and I'm sorry especially with the bats that have been added to this division I'd rather the extra arms
1: no absolutely absolutely and I especially think given that Trevor Williams is out of options mm-hmm. Sean Foley is out of options I forgot about relie- Trevor Williams Well, the only – he did not look great yesterday. Just in person, visibly, it looked off. Mm -hmm. But, you know, your two best options are probably – or sorry, your two worst options for the pen are Reed Foley and Williams. And Mm -hmm. your only two relievers with options are Lugo and Smith. And you're not optioning Seth Lugo unless something has gone catastrophically wrong. And you don't want to option Drew Smith because Smith is better than Reed Foley and Williams. Correct. not the Mets. You have the extra ability to carry those two extra arms into the year and not have to make that decision just yet. Because you don't want to get yourself in a spot where you, let's say you wave Williams. Because mm-hmm. let's say Smith gets hurt, which is a chance. He's happened Sure, before. it's happened. <laughs> you wave Williams, he, gets, he goes elsewhere. Smith gets hurt, but Williams is gone. Right. So now you've kind of hampered yourself and you've hurt your depth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, maybe I'm being a little hard on the bullpen, but I have a lot. I have so much faith in Jeremy Hefner. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm going to
1: very, I, I think, if anything, the Mets have very good pitching infrastructure.
0: Definitely, definitely. And again, when you have a rotation as good as the Mets do, and when you have a back three, and hell, I'll even throw Miguel Castro in there. When you have a back four as good as the Mets do, you're in very, very good shape. It's just rounding out those last four of the bullpen. And again, I don't love the lefty combination of Chase and Shreve and uh, Alexi Claudio or whatever his name is. And uh, no. I mean, hey, Claudio actually looked pretty good yesterday. He looked no, solid he looked in, in relief.
1: No, he looked good, and I don't hate. You know, I think I when the day he signed, I forget who said it, but someone made the point that Shreve has added a lot of depth to his slider.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: he's not going to blow you away with the fastball, but he has a good command. It very much. It feels like if they gave Aaron Loop a minors deal last year. Right. You know, they they have a type. Yeah. They very much have a type. They're not in the business of the big name, multi-year lefty reliever that's going to paint the black at 96. Right. You know, and I think Buck made the point. They have righties who can get lefties out. And I think a lot of people forget that. You know, reverse splits get ignored a lot, especially in terms of the bullpen.
0: Yeah. Like just off the bat. Guys
1: who can get both out but you also have guys that are going to get left. You have righties that are going to get lefties out better than the eight righties. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's Seth Luga.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's Lugo gets lefties out better than those righties. Uh, and that's exactly what I was just about to say. We look especially at the back end of the bullpen where the innings are really important. And granted, of course, everything's important and yada, yada, yada. But the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning are by far the most important innings in baseball. And you have guys that can get out lefties and righties. We know what Diaz can do. Edwin, Edwin Diaz can straight up get anybody out if he wanted to. And then you have Trevor May, who is, is nasty. He's dominant. And Seth Lugo, if you go back to 2019 and parts of 2020, Seth Lugo was a top five reliever, not just in the National League, in all of baseball. He went a full month with, allowing like, two guys on base. And they were both so, walks. And they were both walks, exactly. He went, yeah, I think he, he had, had like, a hit in, like, 26 batters. And then one was, took him. Yelling. Exactly, exactly. So – I like the back end of the bullpen. I like the team, but there's a, a lot. I, I still think they can improve the bullpen and, you know, a, another bat would have been nice. Unfortunately, the other teams in the division have signed every other available bat. So we need to talk about that. We're going to recap the entire NL East here. We might as well start with the reigning world series champion, Atlanta Braves, which still disgusts me to say, because I still don't think that team is very good. Um, they, let their franchise player walk uh they traded for matt Olson. so uh, listen as i said on twitter am i happy to see matt Olson as a brave absolutely freaking not but am i happy that means freddie freeman is no longer an atlanta brave oh you're goddamn right it does i'm so happy he's out of this division listen matt Olson is a damn good player He's a top three first baseman in the league on a, on a bad day. But he's not Freddie Freeman. And he's not a Met killer like Freddie Freeman.
1: No, I think you could definitely make the case they took a step back at first base. And that's saying something because their new first baseman is Matt Olson. <laughs> but he's I think he's if you're damn looking at, But I honestly think if you're looking at the best first baseman in baseball, mm-hmm. it goes Vladdy, Freeman, Olson. Yeah, Olsen's still really good, right? But I think you lose a lot with Freddie Freeman, right? You know, that's you know, I'd be like if the Mets won a World Series and let David Wright walk and traded for Evan Longoria instead, right? Is Evan was at the time, was Evan Longoria still a top three third third baseman in baseball? Yes, for sure, undoubtedly, but he wasn't on the same level as David Wright, and also. Matt Olson, at least immediately or for a couple of years, will not be able to be for that Atlanta team what Freddie Freeman was. Right. And it's not like Freddie turned down more money to go to L.A. or Freddie never called them back or pulled a cinder was on his way to L.A. and then called them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's, let's not act like that's what
0: happened here. <laughs> I can tell you the exact opposite happened. What
1: happened was Atlanta <laughs> did not say anything before jumping ship. I can and- – that's the problem.
0: I don't know a lot of things. I don't know as Justin, much as you.
1: Justin, if you're
0: listening, tell us what happened, man. <laughs> I, but I do know some things, given my position. And I know for a fact Freddie Freeman was sitting on that, on the Dodgers offer for at least three days, waiting for Atlanta to call. He was sitting there. That deal could have been signed long before it was, but. He gave Atlanta the benefit of the doubt. Give him credit for it. And like you said, Matt Olson, again, damn good player. But Freddie Freeman brought you an impact past the numbers. He brought you impact past the 300 average, the 35 home runs, and the 100 RBIs. And all that, he brought so much more that was in the clubhouse and off the field that we're not seeing. That's why the Braves won the World Series last year. Not because they're a better team, not because they outplayed Houston, because let's be honest, neither one of those are true. But because of, of how close that team was, because of Freddie Freeman, that's what brought them to the world championship. That was a team meddling at 500. Who hasn't their lost, their lost their MVP. <laughs> and
1: they won. They lost the MVP. And at this moment, our are- treading 500 water yeah like they half-assed the deadline yeah i mean their deadline approach was bring in rental guys who early enough to see what happens and if you lose a couple games you can still flip them
0: they had the right approach because at the deadline the mets were still in first place by like five or six games so they're hoping to see if their guys got hot and the mets didn't and that's exactly what happened
1: no the mets crumbled and fell apart and atlanta got hot
0: This is a team that didn't go two games over 500 until August 15th.
1: Well, a big part of the Mets crumbling was they couldn't beat Atlanta. Right. The Braves manhandled them in July and August. Yeah. Then subsequently through September, but at that point it didn't matter. It didn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, I mean, I think it's been a good offseason for Atlanta. I like Kirby Yates for them. I like Kenley Jansen. That's a good bullpen. It'll be interesting to see what Yates is post- Tommy john i think it's his second not... tommy john right yeah i, I don't know right, dude it's you know, it's
0: he's it's definitely had some some arm injuries, injuries and he's on the, the the wrong side of 30 i think he's like 34 or something like that so when you're like when, when you're up in that age and you've had numerous severe arm injuries it's, it's a problem good. it's not good he was at one point one of the top closers in baseball but now you can't guarantee anything from kirby yates but you brought up the guy that i think could potentially have a bigger impact than matt Olson. that's kenley jansen because again as i said before there are so many high power bats in this in this division now you need someone to shut down the ninth inning i've i have some i had some takes about kenley jansen in the past couple of years and i still think they are true but i can't take away the fact that kenley jansen is a Top six reliever in the game. And when you can add an impact arm like that, hell, (laughs) you'd be stupid not to when you have an opening as a closer spot. And Atlanta struck. They did a one year deal for 16 million like that. It's weird to not see him in a Dodger uniform. But I mean, hey, that's this offseason. And now we have another guy to deal with. Kenley Jansen is a Brave. Yeah, I think it's a very good move for them. Um, And I think.
1: I don't know if that move is in response to Philadelphia beefing up their lineup, Mm -hmm. but regardless, that's a really good move. That's a proven closer. I think a lot of times when we've looked at Atlanta the past handful of years, one of the big reasons they have not been as good as they could be. The struggles late in the game, they have not been able to find, you know, their guy, their lockdown closer since really they moved Kimbrel to San Diego. Right. All those moons ago. So, I mean, it's been what, seven years since then? This is the seventh season removed from Kimbrel. Yeah, his first sure. year was with the Padres in 2015. So this will be their seventh year without Kimbrel. They're still kind of struggling to find that guy. And I guess your hope is that he can be. I mean, you gave Will Smith a couple of years. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. It worked, but it wasn't what you wanted it to be. The other years, you were just kind of rebuilding. So I think it's definitely a good move for them and should really ease a lot of nerves and calm a lot of anxieties.
0: Yeah. and that, I mean, he does have a lot of innings on his arm. Uh, no,
1: yeah, and he's he's had
0: the uh, he's had the surgeries, right? and He's had he he's the past couple years, especially the past couple full seasons towards the later end of the season, he suffered from dead arm, and that should be somewhat concerning. But I mean, hell, the first half of the season, he's going to be as good as anyone. Um, so yeah, that I mean, I'm looking
1: at it right now. He put up a 1.8 F4 last year in 69 innings. Nice. I mean, that's not Edwin Diaz's 2.0 and in 63 innings, but it's neither here nor there. Right. But, no, I mean, it's a good move. I think that's one they kind of probably needed to make. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think it's been a good – are we giving people grades? I'm giving them one to the a 10 scale. Uh, yeah, sure. Not, Go for it. One out of 10. I think I'd give Atlanta's offseason is seven. Yeah. I, wise, I mean... I'd give it an eight or a nine, but you, you still have that lingering over your head of just doing Freddie Freeman dirty.
0: Yeah, and you also let the World Series MVP walk away, but we'll get to them in a second. Um, well, I think now we got to talk about Philly. They're going to be the worst team. defensive team we will ever see.
1: I think late games in Philly will be like the anthesis to the best. that will be like an anthesis to Atlanta, who plays really good defense and will have a good lockdown back-end bullpen the Phillies added two volatile Mets relievers. <laughs> which you in know, itself that should say enough that's all you need no I mean I don't I don't know what Dave Dombrowski's thinking it's Bra Bradahan, <laughs> Bradahan was bad for the Blue Jays and the Nationals and the Mets I don't get it you know yeahmelia was good but he's not familia anymore and that bullpen itself I mean Alvarado's still there and he's hit or miss. Coonrod's still there and he's hit or miss I mean Do it and Kennedy no, Jojo Romero, Spencer Howard.
0: No, uh, Spencer Howard, Howard got traded. He he got tra- He's in a uh, Texas. Yeah, my bad.
1: Who am I, who am I thinking? Of? I don't know. But still, it's just overall, it's a big hitter in miss bullpen. I mean, some nights I'll probably give you five innings of no hits. Other nights they might give up five runs and no innings. Right. Yeah. Before an out's recorded. That's yeah. just, And I mean, I think we have to talk about the defense. I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be I'll, so I'll bad. I'll with this. Gene Segura
0: mm-hmm.
1: and JT Real Muto right, are top-tier defenders at their position.
0: Right. Full stop. Unfortunately, Reece they Hoskins, only play two of the nine positions. Reese Hoskins, D.B.
1: Gregorius, statistically, by outs above average, of anyone with a minimum of 10 defensive plays in a field last year, D.B. Gregorius was the worst defender in baseball. Is
0: that good? Alec
1: no, that's not good. <laughs> Alec Bohm was not good. Alec Boehm was so dropped, bad, he got sent down. I mean, Reese Hoskins dropped a pop-up the other day. Yeah, he sure did. I watched that training. line. I laughed. No, he dropped a routine pop-up. Bryce yeah. Harper is a below-average defensive outfielder. Right. Kyle Swerber is one of the worst corner outfielders in baseball. He's <laughs> called closely by Nick Castellanos. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I checked up on the Pocota projections the other day after all, all this noise went down, after Jorge Soler signing became official. Right. Or like like in, a day after it happened. And I think the Phillies are projected to be an 86-win team with the Mets and Braves both coming in at 91. Mm-hmm. Marlins at 77, Nats at 70. And you look at that lineup, and it's not a 86-win lineup. That's Dude, like probably that lineup, a ninety-six or ninety-seven win lineup.
0: It's a scary lineup.
1: But I just think that speaks to the fact that that bullpen and defense alone are can so probably bad. lose you more games than you can count on your hand. Yeah, I mean there are two or three games last year that the Phillies lost to the Mets because of their bullpen and defense alone. I mean the, the, the game Dom walked off, or it might have been McNeil. Mm-hmm. when Lindor reached on an error and Reese Hoskins couldn't find a throw to first
0: I oh think it was yeah first
1: half of a doubleheader.
0: yeah and of course there's always man Reese Hoskins just in the middle of everything there was a game in Philly where it was like it might be McNeil that hit the ball McNeil pulled one down to first Hoskins dove stopped it just lobbed it to the, to the second baseman and VR scored all the way from second on an infield ground ball <laughs>
1: No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're just so bad. I think they are scored from first on that play.
0: I don't remember. You could be right. I don't remember. No, they are pulled some crazy shit on the base pads last year. No,
1: it's that's an atrocious bullpen. It's atrocious <laughs> defensively. The starting rotation is good, but now you have an issue where, um, you know, Zach Wheeler might be hurt. Well, yeah. no, Zach Wheeler is hurt, but you don't know how long for.
0: Yeah. And so Aaron Nola was has, not good last he's year. He's
1: getting the camp. <laughs> Aaron no, Nola, Nola had times where he was bad.
0: And I don't know if you saw, he got freaking. T- I got it. It's spring training. No one cares. The stats don't matter. The games don't matter. But the, the balls that were coming off the bats of those Blue Jays from Aaron Nola, they were not skyscrapers that just got out of the fence. I think the one that Guerrero hit may still be going. I mean, no, yeah. I mean,
1: (laughs) okay. I think I give them a six out of 10 for the offseason. I think they half assed the bullpen. Obviously, you, I think, but I think if you're adding Castellanos and Schorber, you have to add an elite defensive center fielder to alleviate some of those issues.
0: And they still don't have them.
1: They haven't done that.
0: And now Odubo Herrera is going to miss six weeks. No, I mean,
1: they're shaping up to, no, I mean, they're shaping up. To probably have to play Matt Verling in center field. Right. With one of Cassianos or Schwarburg DHing, the other in left, and Harper in right. And that's <laughs> just, that's not a good defensive formula. It's not going to work. No. So I give him a
0: six. Yeah. I, I, I give him credit for addressing the, the empty spots in the lineup. You see the DH, you fill it with one of the best in the game. You have one outfielder at that point so you go out and you sign another one castellanos might be one of the best pure hitters in all of baseball kyle schwarber can hit a ball to the moon whenever he wants to so you that that lineup is going to score it's going to be one of the more high scoring offenses in all of baseball but again I hate to keep harping on it. It's not like a broken record, but that defense is so bad. The bullpen sucks. The fact that you're improving your bullpen with Brad hand and Jerry's familia, that should be a, that's not a good thing. And I think we also
1: have to note that they lost Hector and right? He walks to Houston, right? So I, you lose Andrew McCutcheon who grand was not great last year and also is a terrible defender, (laughs) but you know, it's just you're lo- you lose pieces here and there, and it feels like they got replaced, but you question to what extent. I mean, they won 83 games last year. They just right. added Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. and we're asking ourselves, how much did they really, really improve? Right. Because they're, going to – I don't know, they, they might end up the worst defensive team of the 21st century.
0: Today. I might go as far as I'm saying ever. <laughs> That's just it's, really it's bad. Going to be and this is a team with JT Romuto on their team. But now let's go to JT Romuto's former team, the Miami Marlins. They've been active. They've actually, I think they've had one of the better offseasons in the game. They've had I think, a, a quietly a good offseason.
1: I think they added two of the more underrated players in baseball Joey Wendell and Jacob Stallings. I mean, you gotta not you can't not like Avice Garcia for them. I think that's a really good fit. Oh yeah. You know, Jorge Soler, even if he opts out after one year. Worst case that's pretty good deadline date exactly it's for a rental
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean i think they have themselves positioned nicely i mean you question the validity of you know jeter leaving because ownership didn't want castellanos and yeah no, I, I got some questions like, about that up to right i think if you're gonna quit it's not over a guy like nick castellanos right but i it's hard to not like their winter and yeah. they have great pitching as it is granted a lot of it hasn't materialized hmm Jesus Luzardo was throwing darts the yeah. other day.
0: He was if that guy can find the strike zone, he's going to be training. elite.
1: His first start of the year, he was sitting 99. Yeah. I mean, then Pablo Lopez, who already is bordering bordering on being one of the better starters in the National League. Mm-hmm. It's, I think that's a really good young rotation.
0: And then you have, of course, Sandy Alcantara, who they locked up for the extension. Uh, who, And I thought it was a team-friendly extension, too. I forget the exact terms. But I think it was like five for... Forty something. I could be dead wrong, but I mean he's he's electric. He's if those, especially those two with Lizardo and Alcantara, if they can consistently just keep the ball in the strike zone, dude, they're they're gonna be solid. That that is a good young no, rotation. I, I bullpen's not bad, and as he said, you they added two of the Trevor Rogers. Yeah, exactly. Then they added two of the more. I'll even go three, three of the more underrated players in all the game with Avisiel Garcia, who hits tanks. Jacob Song, who's one of the better defensive catchers in the game, who also has some pop in his bat. He had a walk-off Grand Slam against the Mets last year. And Joey Wendell, who plays 13 positions, and he plays them all well, and he's a solid lefty bat. They had a, a th- listen, they're not going to win this year. They're not going to be a contending team. But you know what? They really improved. I like. I really like what they did.
1: I'll, even, I think I'll give they him like added,
0: an eight and a half. I think
1: they added a lot more potential to their game. Yes. I think that's what counts. Yeah. Because I mean, if they can even show Jorge Soler that they're reasonably going to win within a couple of years, he might stick around for all three of those. I mean, if he Luzardo might. can start throwing strikes and Rogers and Lopez can stay healthy, that's a really, really good one, two, three. Oh, yeah. That is a really good one, two, three. Yeah. And you have to note, like, Zach Thompson's pretty good too
0: hmm they locked and up Richard Blyer the other day for a uh, two-year extension that's a nice little piece out of the pen
1: yeah I there's not there's a lot to like in Miami mm-hmm. there is a lot to like offensively I mean you know what guys you know what most of their guys are I mean you know obviously Garcia is not a great great hitter he's good mm-hmm. definitely but, you know if you're if you're starting to turn the franchise around I don't know if officer Garcia is the guy you want in your three hole Brian Anderson's good but like you know what he is right you now we know what Jorge Soler is he's a terrible he's a terrible defender maybe they just stick him in at Dh you know but you know you also have Lou and Diaz on the way who's gonna be really good and I think there's a lot of reason for optimism in Miami they sure. just I think I think the last piece of the puzzle they're going to need before you can start saying, all right, the Marlins might be ready to contend is a, a new manager.
0: Yeah. I'm, so, I mean, I think – I'm surprised I've kept them for so long.
1: No, I mean, I think you probably just keep, keep Mattingly through the rebuild. When you're ready to win, go throw a bag at Joey Cora. You might as well. Or Matt Quattaro or whoever you're – They'll get someone, yeah. You know, yeah. Ryan O'Flaherty, whoever. But <laughs> No, I mean, I think if things go reasonably well this year – that's your big piece for them next year is go get that new manager who you think can lead you and your guys to success because they have the pieces in place.
0: Yeah. And they have the coolest guy in all of baseball. Jazz Chisholm is so freaking cool. I want to be Jazz when I grow up. Me too, man. And I'm older than him. (laughs) It clicked with
1: me the other day when I was watching March Madness. Like, holy shit, some of these guys are younger than me. How
0: crazy is that? It's like...
1: These are freshmen in college.
0: Yeah, it's weird i hate it but speaking of people that were older (laughs) than let's go to juan soto in the washington nationals and they had one of the weirdest signings in the game like listen they didn't do a damn thing in the offseason that team still stinks but what's the appeal for nelson Cruz to sign with a last place 65 win team in the washington nationals you're gonna tell me there was no better offer
1: I don't know. Maybe he's at the point where he just wants to have fun. Maybe he thinks he can have fun with Juan Soto. I mean, obviously, winning is fun, but I don't know, man. Look, just
0: like it's a one year deal, and he's, told he's gonna get traded at the deadline because that team is so bad. But I, I just, it's confusing. Yeah. It's confusing. I think Nelson Cruz of the Nationals and Carlos Correa signing with the Twins are two of the weirdest signings this off season. I don't understand either one of them. I will never understand either one of them. I'm just I'm throwing my hands up at those two. I don't know what to say about them. The Nationals didn't do a damn thing. They signed Nelson Cruz. I mean, can you give them anything higher than a three on this off season? That team stinks. I'll give them a four or five. <laughs> that team stinks, and now they're going to beat us twelve times. No, it'll be be the games where
1: Josiah Gray goes eight innings and gives up one run. Right. You know, Kybert Ruiz goes four for four with two homers. Obviously.
0: Juan Soto does Juan Soto things, goes five for three. Juan Soto walks every time up. Honestly, it's a tank. If I'm facing the Nationals, if it's a three-game series, I'm not throwing a single pitch in the strike zone against Juan Soto. Not one. I don't care. Just – Give him the four. Give him first base. Test your chances with the rest of the lineup.
1: No, I mean i I think they're a sixty win
0: team. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. They're good. in the sixties. Yeah, they're definitely in the sixties. I think you said Pacheco gave him a seventy, and that's far too generous. That team is awful.
1: I think that's kind of that's kind of hoping for you know Corbin bounce back because you're oh, from Josiah okay. Gray. I mean, Once Strasburg to there's, there's, be healthy, be a point in the year. Yeah, I mean, there's me a point in the year where you, part of your rotation is Corbin, Strasburg, and Anibal Sanchez. Right. And it's gonna be like three years too late for that to be good, right? know I won them a ring when it was good, but sure. when was the last time it was good,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I don't know. That's it's a. I think that might just be more so of trade bait.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's all the team's gonna be. Sign
1: guys, you know, you can flip at the deadline. got some
0: prospects for it. Yeah, but that's the problem, so yeah, man. So like they don't—they don't all, even, they don't all, even yeah. have a whole lot of trade bait there. No one's taking Strasburg's contract. No one's taking Patrick Corbin. The only one that you have yeah, there so get what you can is Nelson Cruz. They're not trading Juan Soto. Or you—you well, you think they're not going to trade Juan Soto? Yeah.
1: No, I mean that's—I think that's basically like it's the same, like the same uh, line of thought in which the Yankees went with Isaiah kiner Falefa. Mm-hmm. I mean, get him now. He'll... I mean, I, if they were smart, you sign them to an extension to get a couple more years of control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Then when your prospect's ready, you flip them. Right. Get something decent back in return. I mean, I'm sure by the deadline of the ink, the, the Nationals will have someone ready to come up. You know, they have a good system. It's not great, but I like it. And by then. Or even just flip them for someone who is ready. Right. You know, like... Des- like teams get desperate. So, I mean, I like it for a lot of reasons because you know what? if they surprise people and they're good, that's a great bat to have. Sure. If they suck, that's a great trade bait to have. Probably yeah. the top bat in the market. Yeah. So, does that leave us one more team?
0: I mean, we went through all of them. We just didn't really give a grade on uh, the New York Metropolitans.
1: I think I'd give them like a six. That's it? It just... Here's my thing.
0: You they a added a Hall of Famer.
1: Oh, well, hold on.
0: <sighs> okay.
1: You're a 77-win team in a terrible division. Right. You let, you lose it's one of your starting pitchers, who by all means was good. Strowman mm-hmm. had a very good year. Absolutely. And he
0: walks.
1: Mm-hmm. walks.
0: Okay.
1: Conforto is still is in the process of walking. Mm-hmm you lose a lot of your depth you know good bad or indifferent polar vr guys like that they're gone javi javi's gone so you don't do a great job of retaining talent which immediately sets you behind and no matter what you think of escobar or cano whoever if you give me the chance to to pick Escobar and Cana or Conforto and Javi. I'm taking Conforto and Javi seven days a week and twice on Sundays.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So Javi walks. You really don't seem to be a suitor for Conforto right now. I don't love Mark Cana. I think he's good. He's okay defensively. He's got a great eye, but there's not a lot of power there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Escobar is what he is. He did not look totally comfortable at third base yesterday. So, you know, you question whether or not he really is your everyday third baseman. Obviously, you add Bassett and you add Strock or you add Scherzer, but you add Marte, who I think might be the most impactful out of all the bats, who out of every bat in the lineup next year, you know, I think Marte is a dynamic type of guy. So you do all that, but we're still sitting here. Saying, well, I mean, they should have done more. I mean, it doesn't feel complete. You know, we have all these questions. The bullpen still feels kind of empty. I remember saying, I remember I put it out there, you know, like Ottavino's fine, but that can't be the only guy you have. And every one of my mentions was, oh, don't worry. Epler's doing this thing. Like, they're clearly not done. Steve Steve said they're not done. That was it. They're not adding another reliever. I mean, they're clearly done with guys on major league deals.
0: Unless Unless they trade for someone. Because there's no right, relievers on the market. For
1: someone, or Conforto comes out and says, fine, give me the qualifying offer is worth on a one-year deal, and I'll take it. Right. But even then. So it feels it was a great start. Yeah. But it feels incomplete. And I think that's the main issue.
0: And, you know, I, I can't knock you for saying that, that you explained it well. Because they a lot of their all of their movies besides Bassett, we're done pre-lockout.
1: Right. And obviously you have the new Steve Cohen tax and you don't know how that's really going to affect things when that comes out. Right. Cause you know, the, the man might be worth more money than God himself, but you know, 80% on your overages is still a lot of money. It's still a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, if you go like, I mean, okay. Everyone was saying, okay. Sign story, sign career, whoever you give them 25 million a year or a story. You got what? 30 million a year.
0: Dory got 20... What is that? You got six for 140.
1: It's Like 22 and a half. It's a, yeah. All right, and Correa got like 35. Still so we'll call it 25 million. Right. Let's say you sign someone for 25 million a year. All right, well, you were already over. Now you're pushing probably 40 over and you got to cut a check for 80% of your overages. $32 million is still a lot of fucking money. Right. And if your whole thing before that is we don't want to have to go all the way over, now you're paying... A new top tier player, and you're playing. You're now paying top tier player money, in overages. Yeah. So I mean, I understand why they didn't go over, and hopefully you, and hopefully like you think that they they're willing to go over at the deadline. Yeah. Or they can do what they have to do, to be able to get there, notwithstanding the luxury tax. But it's it's just it feels incomplete. I mean, I feel like we're still. There's still a lot of questions. I mean, the whole time you kept, you, you keep on seeing they'll trade Dom, they'll trade one of McNeil or JD. Like
0: I'm shocked they haven't Don. yet,
1: but they haven't, and they're clearly not going to. And it almost seemed like JD Davis was publicly begging to get traded.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, he wasn't, but to come out and say, "Yeah, you know, I've heard mixed reviews I'm the new manager," and stuff like that, like it's not something you just like outwardly say.
0: Yeah. No. and, and again, you bring up a good point it does feel kind of incomplete because there was such a gap between the moves and yeah that's because there was a 100-day lockout but when after that after you get Scherzer, Marte, Escobar, Canna and I like all those pieces I really do I've been I've been talking about Eduardo Escobar since I talked since I started this podcast but there's still there's still room for improvement there's still moves to be made and Call me one of these fans, but I still feel like there's one move left left up their sleeve. I have a name in my head, but every time I throw out a name, it gets shot down so quickly, so I'm going to keep it to myself.
1: No, who do you got? Who
0: do you got? Let me shoot it down. Uh, I don't know why, but there's this little voice inside of me that says by opening day, Josh Hader is a New York man. I don't know why. It's probably super unlikely, but there's a part in my head that says there's a chance that happens.
1: I think if it were to happen, it would have happened before arbitration.
0: Did so Hater sign a deal?
1: If it would have been because no, but I think they put numbers out there.
0: That's what, But that's what I mean. Did are the numbers out for for Hater?
1: Well, I think if Milwaukee moves him, yeah, they sell at eleven million dollars. Okay. So I mean, if they were to move him, I think it's more of a money thing, because you know, you don't want to you know, some teams just don't want to pay closers that much money. I think eleven million is more than affordable for Milwaukee
0: for him. Yeah, and I mean it's similar to what we what the Mets are paying Edwin Diaz. Well, I mean, and I, I feel like if the Mets are getting hater, they're trading Edwin Diaz in that pack. Like he has to be the starting point of that deal.
1: I don't necessarily think so. Not if – I mean, if Milwaukee were to move in, it's to save money.
0: Yeah, and saving $800,000, that's not not really saving money. I'll tell you what, though. Katie Davis would look damn good in Milwaukee Blue, I think, and he does very well against NL Central. That's all I'm going to say, Milwaukee. (laughs) That's all I I mean. hey. Um, But one more thing before we get going and wrap everything up. I don't know if you saw – the news that just came out a couple minutes ago, but ESPN oh, is who? saying this is uh Jeff Pass and Adrian Orjanowski, or whatever, however, you say his name, are saying that unvaccinated Mets and Yankees players could potentially be cleared to play at home by opening day. It seems like there is some oh. progress there, so I mean. I'm not going to speculate who's vaxxed and unvaxxed on this team more on the Yankees, but we know there are some very, very big names on both rosters that could be impacted by that uh, by that mandate. I don't know what this means for Kyrie Irving, if that's going to change his stance at all. Not his stance, but his availability because oh, yeah. it's indoor-outdoor. But this could change a lot of things if if that mandate gets lifted for the Mets and Yankees.
1: No, yeah, I mean that'd be important.
0: Yeah, if you have certain big-time players missing potentially eighty-plus games, or certain big-time starters missing X amount of starts because they can't pitch at home, this this changes a lot. This changes a lot for both teams.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely that would. I mean, even just not have to worry about that one guy you need to bring up for every home game. Right especially given you know the now minimum maximum the, the maximums on options right that's just another one less you know hoop you have to go through
0: Hmm. yeah so but we'll see obviously there's still a lot to go on before that happens april 7th is is quickly approaching and again just to circle back to the mets real quick i feel like there's still one more move to be made whether it's josh Hader, whether they trade for a different reliever whether they maybe they bring back conforto for all i know who knows a lot can happen conforto is the only top free agent available i don't know who else is out there but it's a steep drop after conforto so we'll see what happens um i mean any any you know what first i'll give my grade i think just because and i get it there's a we agree that there was a long, long time in between moves, and it still feels incomplete. But because of the quality of the moves that they did bring in, I feel like the minimum you can give them is a 7.5 or an 8. They vastly improved. They went from a third-place team to potentially the best team in the entire division. So I feel like it's hard to give them anything lower than a 7.5 or an 8.
1: I give them a 7 still. I mean, you know I, still I, I, feel I like... brought you
0: up from a 6, so I'll take that. <laughs>
1: I just I feel like part of it is you made your moves, but then you stood pat when the rest of your di- division got better,
0: and you they got guys that you could have added. Kyle Schwarber no. could be a Met right Specifically now.
1: Specifically, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, could have been something the Mets. It could have been an avenue the when the Mets went down.
0: Yeah, maybe they just didn't want to give but, a fourth so- year or go at a twenty million AAV. But no, yeah, who knows? Who knows?
1: No, I mean. This is also your friendly reminder, minor league baseball starting up soon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I will have a minor league season primer coming out on Mets soon. There you go. I just finished up projecting my St. Lucie Mets roster, which just about gave me the biggest headache ever, trying to predict a low A bullpen. <laughs> but don't don't sleep on minor league baseball. Never I'll be here, it'll be fun. Whether you're close to Binghamton, Brooklyn, St. Lucie. You know, in the snowy hills of Syracuse, <laughs> whoever you are, it's minor league baseball. There's Mets minor league baseball. It'll be fun. You know, Francisco Alvarez, Brett Davy, Ramirez, Vientos, Mauricio, Matt Allen will be back soon. That'll be a start. I pack it up and hit the road for
0: yeah, this is I the first time in in a while where I think Mets fans can really say, you know what, I'm excited about our farm system. I can't remember the last time that this that they've had this many good young players in the farm system right now.
1: No, and I mean, and I was when I was going through names today, getting my, you know, getting ready for to at least get my roster put together for the St. Lucie Mets, who I'll be like indirectly covering mm. this winter or this summer. There's just there's a lot of potential down there. You know, Alex Ramirez has a chance to be a 25, 25 guy with gold glove defense in center field. Yeah.
0: Like depending on what list you go through, the Mets have anywhere from four to six top 100 prospects in all of baseball. Again, I think they had, I can't find the last. I can't remember the last time they had that even in the days of race and right growing up.
1: No, I mean, and I think the years, that the times they have had that it's translated. Yeah. I mean, when they had Wheeler, Syndergaard, Harvey, Darno, Wilmer, Ahmed, all making their way up, that trans—I
0: mean, sans Ahmed, but either in maths, that translated in twenty fifteen. <laughs> I mean, Rosario turned into Francisco Lindor, so I'm gonna say that panned out.
1: Right. Yeah, and even like you had Conforto and Nemo coming up, that worked out. Yeah. So I mean, granted, It seemed like their the farm system was moving that way when at the end of. Sandy's tenure and your three-headed monster as your interim GM.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, and granted, you know, Brody d- did his thing and tore it down. But, you know, a lot of those, I think some of those guys were on the up climb. You know, we all knew what Kelnick was. I think if you kept done in New York, you probably would have fared better than he is right now. Right. And, you know that's a whole different thing. As you we know, well, yeah, yeah, this guy was a bust. But if you keep him in your system and under
0: your tutelage, instead of someone else's, you know, it's a whole thing. And now he's now he has to suffer in Cincinnati.
1: Right. Yeah. But you know, but you know what? That turned into Edwin Diaz. Sure. That helped. You know, even then, just the urgency to win, I think, you know, was a big reason why they're competitors now. They put themselves in a situation where they had to try and compete, and now you have Max Scherzer, Francisco Lindor, Jake Degrom. Starling Marte. You know, at the least, they'll be a fun team this year.
0: with oh. Some really fun prospects to keep an eye on. And again, I, I know we were trying to focus on the minor leagues here, but I just, can we talk about Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom were in the same rotation? Like, it's a real thing now. It's a real thing we could picture and see because we watched them pitch back-to-back days. Before that, all we could think about is dreams. Because Scherzer signed and then, bam, right to the lockout. But now... We saw Max Scherzer pitch five innings in his spring debut, which is unheard of. He was up top in 97. People were worried he was throwing 92, 93 in his first inning. Then he shoved that up their ass, and he threw 97 the rest of the game. Jacob Degrom, in his first live action since what June 17th, was pumping 99 and throwing 94 mile per hour back foot sliders.
1: No, I mean you just just sitting in the state in the stands, you just heard people laughing.
0: How do you not dude? like oh i just i i can't i i just i need those two in particular to stay healthy this year because if those two guys alone stay healthy from april to october yeah, that alone can. is exactly it gives you a shot because that's a quarter of your games right there if you win that those games you're in a damn good spot to win the division yeah <laughs> no you hit the nail on the head I think yeah. that's how we end the episode right there. Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, our Mets. Jack has been in Port St. Lucie. He will be for more spring training and throughout the summer following the I, I hope leagues. I'll make it
1: down for some more spring training. I'll have to check my work schedule, but yeah. I definitely will be down, I think, beginning in June, I'm there every other weekend and they're home every other weekend. Love that. So I made sure to make sure they're the same
0: weekends. You'll you know, love that. You really try get do. some
1: credentials, work mm-hmm. on that. It's a tough and drive. Again, tough drive.
0: But and again, I'm telling you guys, follow us on Twitter, yes. subscribe to us on YouTube. YouTube. You're gonna wanna subscribe to us on YouTube.
1: We have two. I don't even know who the second one is.
0: <laughs> it might be my mom. You're gonna wanna subscribe oh, to us on YouTube.
1: Your mom might be our biggest fan. We love you, mom. <laughs> no, mom, we love you. Absolutely.
0: We love you, mom. So again follow us on Twitter at the Mason City uh, Spotify Apple Google I uh, literally wherever follow us subscribe to us on there if, if that's what it is leave a review comment whatever it may be I'm not, not a bad review though not yeah yeah, yeah. I mean we', listen, we only accept good reviews you can give us like four or five stars and then trash it in the comments that's fine too. I don't mind that that's just fine yeah whatever. just up the stars and then trash us I couldn't care less about that um, yeah, that's, that's all I really care about. We'll be back, hopefully next week. We are supposed to have a guest on today, and hopefully that guest is on next week. Jack kind of teased it. It is. It's a big time guest. So fun guest. It's a fun guest. He it's a fun guest. it's a fun guest. And if you're on baseball Twitter, you might already follow him. He's a good follow. So hopefully he's here next week. We'll be back. Uh, we'll play Justin on at some point soon. Again. We listen when they play Atlanta. That we have to.
1: I think At some point, we got to Justin on. Just do like a. How are you? We
0: miss you. How you doing? Blink
1: twice, yesterday, Where I was sitting yesterday, you know, I, you know, Britton, Disha, Tim Healy, Como, they all
0: walked by, and I was sitting right. kind of myself. Where's Justin?
1: Yeah, it just feels incomplete without Justin.
0: Yeah, it's so weird, man. Damn, he it's so weird. He's tweeting about
1: Matt Chapman all the time, and I'm like, dude, or Matt Olson, and I'm yeah. like, I get it. I understand. And then,
0: you know what? Right now, you know what, I Justin? Here's a symbol that you should have come back already. You spent all this time uh, talking about Shay Langlers, and guess what? He got traded. Now he's in Oakland. Maybe it's your fault. I don't know. Maybe it's a sign he should come back to New York cover the Mets. Okay.
1: Well, what if that's a sign he should go to Oakland? Actually, don't cover the A's. They'll send you don't, to Vegas. Don't do
0: that, dude. Don't. That you're you're better than Oakland. Vegas. Oakland doesn't deserve you.
1: And if you're better than Oakland, you're better than Vegas. I mean, pretty much.
0: The Vegas, Las Vegas A's. I think at that point you have to rebrand that whole organization they just need to just tear it all down just just can the a's don't
1: (laughs) even rebrand or move them just for just just delete the franchise start a team in nashville
0: yep why not
1: put a team in nashville bring the expos back put a team in portland there you go do four divisions but don't switch up the leagues make it like my out of the park simulations
0: Will those become? I saw they announced the day for for twenty three. Will you be making another simulation for this New York magazine? Oh, of course! Hell yeah! There you go. Breaking! I news. love out of the park. Breaking news.
1: <laughs> Look, dude, the day they endorse me, you no, know, maybe they'll sponsor our podcast.
0: Maybe they will. Maybe the today's will.
1: broadcast was tentatively brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball twenty twenty three,
0: Out of the Park Baseball and uh, Prestige Worldwide. So. Uh, how about the
1: jack ramsey's gas to st lucie and back fund there you go
0: (laughs) jack ramsey's gas to port st lucie and back and antonio slater's wedding fund help us out (laughs) there's not a whole lot of money there
1: i feel like one's a lot more different than the other
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right we need to end the show there that's all we got as always guys lfgm